Hello and welcome to the Maximu Theater and Performance Podcast. This is Lindsay Behrens and this is the June preview. Enjoy the show. Okay, are we ready? Yeah. All right. Let's start with introductions. Ben, who are you? I'm Ben Ferber. I'm a director. I'm a writer. And you might know me from Hot Pepper Theater. Yay. Spicy. (laughs) (laughs) Hi, this is Penny Maria Jackson. I'm back. I'm the marketing director at the Apollo Theater. And I see shows as much as possible. And talk about your video series. Yes, thank you. So I also have a video uh, a, a video uh, review site with one of my dear friends, Emily Hawkins, and it's called To See or Not To See. Um, we have a website, and you can also find us on Facebook. Mm, do, 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 <laughs> to see or not to see. <laughs> that is actually their jingle. <laughs> I mean, it's so fancy to have a jingle. Right? We didn't have a jingle. Oh. Yeah. Oh. They sing it on the series. It's great. <laughs> Lindsay, would you sing the Maximu jingle? Yes, Absolutely please. Not. We'd love that. Absolutely not. <laughs> oh, my name's Lindsay. I host the podcast. <laughs> yes, you do. Thank All you. Right. Thank this you for inviting us. Our June preview. I cannot believe it's June. Same. Getting into the summer season, which is a unique time in theater beyond Broadway. Yes. We are here to talk about shows that we are previewing in anticipation of. I should add, I don't know if I've ever really explained the reason why we do a preview episode, Hmm. but the whole reason I started Max Moo is because I was a theater-going lawyer in New York who felt like I was constantly missing out on things because I was reading Time Out, The New Yorker, New York Times, and by the time those publications write about the type of theater I was interested in seeing it's usually over or sold out and so what we try to perform with this preview podcast is to act as an early warning system so that folks who are listening can go get their tickets even though we can't actually say whether the shows are good or not yes just they're things that we based on our own theater going experience and expertise anticipate will be very good and that we're excited to see mm-hmm. so Ben, why don't you kick us off? What are you excited to see in June? So the first thing I'm very excited to see in June is uh, everything in Clubbed Thumbs Summer Works Festival. So it's happening now through July 1st. Every year they do three productions um, and a bunch of readings uh, in the afternoons at the Wild Project, which is that like weird storefront theater um, on East 3rd Street between Avenues A and B. Um, So like right in the middle of the East Village. It's a lovely space, like a lovely like community space. And they usually do, like, weird experimental theater. Club Thumb is always, like, the biggest deal thing that happens there. Their aesthetic as a company is they do weird short plays. So Mm -hmm. all their plays are strange, and all of them are under 90 minutes. Mm -hmm. Um, Generally, they are, like, kind of the first, like, professional, big-ish, cool production for their playwrights. That's been changing, because, like, this year they have, like, Ariel Stess, who who did this before. Um, They have, like... Uh, Heidi Shrek. They have a Heidi Shrek play, and she's very established. But generally, there are a lot of artists at Club Thumb who are just becoming like very big deals. So the things that are happening this year, um, they're currently playing is The World My Mama Raised by Ariel Stess. You might know uh, from uh, Summerworks 2014, did a play about a school shooting called I'm Pretty Fucked Up, directed by the same director, Kip Fagan. This play is like a very, I'll say I've, I saw this play last night. Um, it's a very like breakneck play in a tight like time format. 
about a like dystopian present mm-hmm. where there are like s- three different tiers of schools and like it's about like the prison pipeline and uh. sort of the caste system in the United States. Mm-hmm. There's also like weird reversal where like the police decide to pretend they're not racist by policing suburbs. It's strange. There are some strange things in it, and like it's exciting. This whole season is political. It's it's mm-hmm. political esque play. So the other ones are of government by Alex Berinsky, um, and this is Alex Berinsky's first major production. So like, way to go, Club Dumb. And that is about the adventures of Barb the teacher, Deb the seeker, Heidi the helper, Tony the addict, and a host of other with with songs. So it's like a little music thingy. And the other one is Heidi Shrek's What the Constitution Means to Me, which she is writing and starring in. Um, Oliver Butler's directing it from the Debate Society. And who has like a very like slightly theatrical but brutally honest style, as does Heidi Shrek. So they're a great pair. Um, and that's about uh, Heidi Shrek herself trying to earn money to go to college by giving speeches about the Constitution. And then she like starts talking about weird stuff in these real speeches that apparently she gave. So that's hmm. cool. Club Thumb is just a really wonderful organization that does plays that are like very fast paced, very on- honestly, often very shocking and of writers who you wouldn't see if you don't like experimental theater. So if you want to get into experimental-ish theater, mm-hmm. of like coming towards mainstream, Summerworks is your place. Hmm. It's interesting you describe it that way because I don't think of it as being super experimental. I feel like most of the artists that they develop go on to have... Well, not most of the artists, but it's not unusual to see artists that have appeared at Club Thumb now doing work at Playwrights Horizons. For Several example. of them, yes. Yeah, so I kind of think of it as the feeder team to that, and not and not actually that experimental. But are the shows they uh, put on at Playwrights Horizons more safer? Much compared, so maybe yeah. this is where they have the freedom to be more exper- experimental, and then when they go to Playwrights Horizons, they're like, okay. What will more people enjoy or understand? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You you both have a good point. It's sort of where, right, it's sort Mm -hmm. of where the young sort of experimental writers, like, start to sell out, I Mm -hmm. guess. Mm -hmm. But they're still, like, very theatrically, like, non-formal things about a lot of the plays they do. So that's cool. Got it. And what was the name of the first show you mentioned? Um, That is uh, The World My Mama Raised. The World My Mama Raised. By Ariel Mm -hmm. Stess. Okay, I'm interested in that. Yeah. I uh, grew up in the inner city and went to school where, like, looking back, I could totally see that. Like, people would be gone from class to middle school. And you're like, what happened? Like, oh, he went, oh, he went to jail last night. Why is a 12-year-old going to jail? Hmm. Oh, 12-year-old. Yeah. I mean, it, and in the play is a lot like that. Yeah. They, they say in the, like, school three, which is the, like, mm-hmm. school that, like, every non-white person is in, mm-hmm. that, like, they all share one textbook for one subject oh, for yeah. the entire school. Mm-hmm. That's all they have. Mm-hmm. Old raggedy textbooks, I remember. It's yeah. that level of exaggeration yeah. of something that's like totally real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, moving on. I want to begin by talking about Ghost Light, which mm. is an immersive performance from Third World Projects at the Claire Toe Theater at Lincoln Center, which is a very unique partnership between two pretty well-established in their lanes organizations that are converging, and I'm very curious to see how it goes. So Third Rail, we know from The Grand Paradise, which we covered on this podcast, and also the very long-running Then She Fell Alice in Wonderland immersive show. I've spoken of them as being 
people who produce immersive, the, my favorite immersive theater performances have been produced by Third Rail. And the reason mm -hmm. is because it's not just a free for all. Their shows actually consider the experience from the audience's perspective and take care to ensure that everyone has a good experience. There's almost always at immersive shows, you know, there are individualized elements of the performance. And oftentimes, if you are a very aggressive theater goer, you will monopolize those experiences mm -hmm. and a more timid, introverted theater goer, such as myself, will be completely excluded from them and totally feel uncomfortable the entire time. And also believe that I'm missing the crux of the performance as happened to me at um, the mask show. Uh, sleep no more. Thank you. So anyway, uh, there is very little information about this show available. Uh, it's called Ghost Light, as I mentioned, which, if you don't know, is the light that they leave on at night at the theater, at every theater, to ward off ghosts. Is that the idea? It's like a tradition where, yeah, where like the, the light is on to, like... I don't know, like, yes, ward off ghosts, like, maybe, like, be on for the ghosts so they don't, like, screw stuff up. Like, oh, to prevent them from being angry? I think so. Yeah, something like that. I don't know. Not a theater person, sorry. <laughs> Just host a theater podcast. But it's always, like, a light bulb on a, like, yeah. pole. Yeah, like, on a mic stand. Yeah, a bear, a bear light. Yeah. <laughs> so, let me see. What do we need to know about this? I'll just read you this very brief description. Ghost Light is a performance about performance. Meta, which navigates through a series of real and dreamlike landscapes through the footlights, the glitter, and the grease paint. It is a benevolent haunting that reflects on the smoke and mirrors, superstitions, and stage magic that conjure the mystique of the theater. So I'm super excited to see this because, A, I want to see how they transform this very traditional proscenium theater space into an immersive space. Mm -hmm. The tickets are only $30. Now, as is typical of Clairteau Productions, they sold out very quickly. I believe they are hard to come by at this moment in time. I do think if it is possible, there may be an extension. So just the reason I'm including it, I don't like to include sold out shows in the preview because as I mentioned, the whole point is to help people get tickets. But do be on the lookout for this show for any possible extensions or announcements of rush ticket policies and the like because I do think this will be very good. Yeah, I saw that they um, said that everyone had to leave their personal items in a locker oh, no. because you're going to be moving about. So yeah. you're going to be exploring the space in a completely new way. So I do kind of want to go and participate in that and see what it's like. And I haven't seen Sleep No More or any of their other productions. So, you know, if I can get a ticket, that would be great. Yeah. <laughs> I ran into Evan Cabinet, who's the artistic director of LCT3 last night at mm -hmm. The World My Mama Raised. And I said, I'm so excited for your show. And he said, it's going to be something. Oh, wow. So he's excited, too. He's a great guy. Love That's him. awesome. Okay, Penny Maria. Oh, my turn. Yes. Well, I'll start by sharing the story of Bella, an American tall tale, which will be at Playwrights Horizons, and it will run through July 2nd. The book Musics and Lyric, Music and Lyrics um, are by Kristen Childs, and you might know her work from Bubbly Black Girl. Um, it's something, it's been around for quite a while. I remember like reading it when I was like in middle school or high school. 
Um, it's directed by Robert O'Hara and choreography by Camille A. Brown. Both of those names you've seen their work before. And Camille A. Brown just was slated to choreograph Once Upon This Island, which is coming mm. to Broadway. I'm not really a fan of that show, the plot line of it, but, you know, if she's choreographing it, you know, go uh, see it. Check out my people on stage. So that would be great. So about this show specifically, all aboard for a Western musical adventure the likes of which you've never experienced. As a wanted woman of mythic proportions looks to begin her life anew out West, Bella takes us on the trip of a lifetime to escape her scandalous past and bounce into the arms of her awaiting Buffalo Soldier. Now, you've, got, you've, you've heard about Buffalo Soldiers, right? Mm-hmm. All right. So, rowdy, wild, and hilarious, Kristen Childs infuses this tall tale with soulful tunes and madcap antics aplenty. Giddy up to our get down. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's a black western musical is what it is. Um, and uh, Kristen Childs says she was inspired to write this one day walking down the street. And she saw this, like, voluptuous, voluptuous woman just walking with her man and all of the other men of every other way. So it was a black couple. She saw it. Um, every other man of every other race and ethnicity was looking at this girl like, oh my gosh. And she just started thinking about the past and like how these big, beautiful figures are now coming back into um, the mainstream or now it's popular with everyone like Kim Kardashian. So it's accepted. And she was like, what about, you know, the past? And she uh, remembered uh, the Western and she was like, oh, maybe that will be fun. But she was like, wait a minute. Black people didn't exist out West, which is totally false because we all know Buffalo Soldiers. I don't know. People might think it's not real, but they're called Buffalo Soldiers because of their hair, the natural hair. And at the time when a lot of Americans were moving out West to claim their destiny, some, some white people were like, oh, I'm not going out there to deal with those Native Americans and get all up in that. So they sent black people out. They hired black people to go and do this. So um, black women went out there, too, and it became a whole culture. So she actually went to the uh, Schomburg Research Center, um, which is on 135th Street up in Harlem, not too far away from me. And um, she did some research, and she just came up with this wonderful, rich play that's a tall tale because it's exaggerated. So it's very playful, very joyful, um, big, beautiful, full-figure women in the show. I'm really excited about it. Uh, tickets are $59 to $99. Um, and it's a full class with many people in it, and I'm very much looking forward to it. And you said you've meant you seen I saw this it, bin, yes. right? Okay. I what want th- everyone who sees this upon this preview to tweet at me at Ben Ferber what you think of it, but also what you think of the Chinese cowboy, which I think is the best part. Ah, really? I love him. Okay, yes. He's my new best friend. <laughs> <laughs> the character or the actor? The character. Okay. okay. I was like, did you meet up I after? I met the actor. <laughs> okay. All right. All of our hopes are <laughs> resting on this play, Playwrights Horizon. Save your fucking season. <laughs> and then one more thing I wanted to mention about that, Lindsay. That's so funny. Um, so Kristen Child said specifically she wanted to write a strong, complicated black female role um, because oftentimes those roles have been written by non-black females. <laughs> so, you know, she wanted to put her own spin on it and make it more authentic. So looking forward to that. Great. And as someone who's in it, I would say she has. I mean, mm-hmm. it's about this character with an incredible imagination mm-hmm. who also like maybe she's kind of a superhero. Yeah, maybe. I love it. All right. I'm a superhero, so I'm expecting this lead to be as well. Awesome. <laughs> okay, next up, Ben. 
Okay, so Antfest is mm-hmm. something, also a yearly summer festival at Ars Nova. So it runs all of June. It's June 5th through June 29th. And what they do is every day there's a different show. It's a lot of shows. <laughs> um, and then there are some other events interspersed. But basically, every day at Ars Nova, you can go see like an emerging artist doing something cool. Um, Ars Nova, by the way, is on 54th Street between 10th and 11th. And all the tickets are $15. Oh, so it's pretty good. Yeah. You can also pay $190 for a full subscription to literally anything you want to go to at Ars Nova forever and one oh. free drink at everything. Forever or for the year? For the whole season, yes. Okay, okay. Of Anfest. Yeah. Uh, no, of like the one year. Like a oh. membership to Ars Nova. Yes, for you pay year. $190 uh, okay. and you get to see anything you want at Ars Nova and you get oh, a free wonderful. drink every time you go. Oh, complimentary drink. Yeah. That's worth it. That's cool. It's, huh. a, it's a good membership. Um, I have not bought it, but <laughs> I would recommend, <laughs> recommend it. Recommend it. So if you haven't been to Ars Nova, here's kind of their deal. They're a little more on the performance arty side of theater, but it's like kind of big production value, like generally comedy heavy work. Of things. And I think there's sort of like a cool kid nature to all the people who work at Ars Nova, like regardless of whether they're early career or late career, depending on what production level they're doing. And these are all earlier career people. Like it'll be the cool kids who like you want to hang out with, but like they're too cool for you or not. Like, oh, and literally, (laughs) hold on. I brought, I brought a visual aid that no one can see except for us, but they hand out matchbooks for their shows, for all of their shows. Oh, so I'm holding one? yes, I'm holding the matchbook for uh, Skin Folk, but, which is by um, uh, Jillian Walker. Is it the playbill? No, it's just a like promotional just material pro- huh. to promote smoking and yes. lung cancer and setting stuff on fire so, to promote lighting candles. Okay, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just so confused. I'm like, what's happening? Um, so what I want to just. I mean, yeah, it's so odd, right? But I think that, like, that is Ars Nova. Like, it's they're like, we're cool. Like, light your cigarettes with our shows. Um, so here <laughs> or are a few light your lights. Light, light your dark apartment. <laughs> here okay. are a few of the shows in it. Um, Riot Antigone already actually happened at La Mama a couple months ago. It's mm-hmm. Sanjay Kim's, uh, like, Riot Girl version of Antigone. If you missed it there, Try to see it here. I believe it's sold out. I think you can probably get in. Like, they're going to fill that house. It's a huge deal. It's the first show of it. I think it's on the fifth. It's really worth seeing. Of particular note, Casey Heisinger, who's the chorus leader, like, she's literally going to be a rock star. Um, And it's like, I think the music element of the show is incredible. And, like, if you want to see, like, good, like, female-led punk music, go see this show. Comeback Richard Simmons, um, which is by uh, Emily Zemba, who's sort of a recent Yale person. Um, It's, like capitalizing on the whole like Richard Simmons disappeared thing which like you can also find out about in another controversial podcast on iTunes.com there's a show called True Right which is performed and created by Brittany K. Allen uh, Gemma Kaneko and Aiden Linehan I apologize if I've mispronounced any of your names basically it's Sam Shepard's True West but with George and Jeb Bush played by two women of color Um, oh wow Brittany Allen is also in EST's uh, Young Playwrights program um, and she's like super cool. She like I met her. She was in one of my plays, and now she's like literally the coolest thing ever. I love her. She's brilliant. Wow. I'm also seeing a Pasek and Platt orgy, Red Emma and the Mad Monk, uh, and I'm trying to see Skin Folk. Um, they also have several showgasms, which are basically like a really crazy cabaret where they do two or three like rather than like musical cabaret acts, it's like performance art cabaret acts. 
And it's like, uh, like a lot of host banter, a lot of drinking. It's a cool place to like meet theater people. I have enjoyed going to Showgasm and they like are trying to make it cooler and cooler. Mm. So I would recommend it. Try to see something at our Ant Fest. Like if you like theater, like go see whatever, like read all of their descriptions on their website and just see like the thing that interests you the most. Whatever description interests you the most, they're going to be weird. Like last year I saw an incredible show uh, that was like, about like Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears. Like it was great. It was just great. <laughs> um, and that's what I'll say about that. Mm, perfect. Sounds good. We love Anfest. Okay. The next show I'm going to talk about is called Raw Bacon from Poland. It is premiering at the Abrams Art Center. It is by Christina Maschiotti. I have not seen any of her shows, but I know she's a very well-respected downtown theater artist. There are several people who are involved in this production who I really like, which is what makes me curious about the production. Briefly, what it is about is a shoe salesman who is also a veteran of the Iraq War who is dealing with PTSD, and it sounds like he starts to spiral downward and Mm. is caught in a custody battle over his daughter. So it sounds intense. It is directed by Ben... Williams, right? Williams, yes, who... We talk about on this... I feel like we talk about Ben Williams almost more than any other artist on this podcast. Last in the terrifying. So he was involved in the minor threat with Julia Jarko's production of The Terrifying. We talked... He did the sound design for that. He's an amazing sound designer. This is actually his directing debut. What? Yes. Um, we also know him from the Wooster Group and Elevator Repair Service. He's often on stage... He has several doppelgangers, so I often think I'm seeing him in television shows, but actually it's not it's him, not it's him. some other like <laughs> tall blonde man. <laughs> so the other thing that caught my eye about this actor in this is Joel Perez, who we know from Fun Home. Um, ah. And so when it, it really was actually Joel being in this that caught my eye because I think he's he was so great in Fenholm and it'll just be very interesting to see him take on this role that sounds serious. very serious oh and emotional I'm already like heartbroken I don't even know what's gonna happen yeah so the tickets are $25 they're offering complimentary tickets to veterans oh that's good so yeah I'm very curious about that that's all I have to say about it Penny Maria I was just curious, does it say there um, what foundation is subsidizing those tickets? It does not say that specifically, no. That's that's really amazing that they're able to do that for uh, the veterans. That's really great. Yeah. Okay. So next up, we have Master, which is at the Foundry Theater. And the Foundry Theater is not a location. It's a company. <laughs> so to be sure to mention that they do works all over. Yeah. Sometimes, like I think they said, like in living rooms mm-hmm. or like on buses. Um, I have yet to to attend one of their performances, but I'm very interested after hearing about this show. So, Master is written by W. David Hancock, and they're working with the visual artist War- Wardell Milan. And so I'm um, very interested to see how they're going to integrate the visual art element into this show. You know, I think most often it's done with projections, but I'm wondering, like, are they going to have, like, 
art pieces on stage or is it going to be some uh, carousel? I don't know. I'm very interested to see that aspect. And um, I'll read you now the little description. So renowned 20th century African-American artist Uncle Jimmy Clemens has died poor and alone. His widow... Edna Finn has curated the definitive collection of his life's work, a radical retelling of Huckleberry Finn called The Illuminated Twain, which he left behind in pieces. Written by David Hancock in collaboration with visual artist Wardell Milan, directed by Taleb Megar and starring Makia Jenkins and N. O'Sullivan, Master exists between the language of theater and the silence of art as it confronts the inadequacy of our American stories head-on and new ima- images of a new freedom. So I think this is doing what it's aiming to do what a lot of artwork is doing right now, trying to provide a completely different aspect or retelling of stories, specifically um, of black artists. And maybe not even uh, new versions, but presented it to a new audience or an audience that is not all black. And this got my attention specifically because last, the end of last year, yeah, I believe it was earlier this year, the Metropolitan Museum of Art just did a complete completely amazing and profound exhibit by Carrie James Marshall, and it was entitled Mastery. So I was like, hmm, that's interesting. And Carrie James Marshall, like, I don't know if anyone, did you guys get to see oh, this? So good. It, oh my gosh, amazing. it was mind-blowing. Yeah. And just the range of his work mm-hmm. and the depth of it. And like, I thought he had passed away. Because I was like, oh, this man must have worked <laughs> until the very end of his life. What was the um, exhibition? Everything from his life. Oh my <laughs> like, God. It just so, like it, it, like I still have some photos on my phone because I couldn't bear to delete them. Like so, like I'll show you a little bit, or you can look online. Yeah. But he like pulled on influences from the, is it the Imaginary Man or the Invisible Man by mm-hmm. Ralph Ellison? Uh, um, and so he like played with that, and there are some influences by Marcus Garvey, which I could see even before I made it to the floor when they actually called it out. Did he make a room full of light bulbs? I've always wanted to be in that room. Always. I did not see a room full of light bulb in this light bulbs in this exhibit specifically. Okay, if you're an artist, make it. Okay, <laughs> or you can or you can direct a show where that's the set. I could. Oh, what was that that show? Uh, Playwrights Horizons. Oh, the light years. Oh yeah, um, but the set was cute. Was <laughs> the great. lights. <laughs> You can almost say that universally about all the shows at Playwrights Horizons. The sets are very good. I, I, I'm going to just say a controversial thing. I liked The Light Years a lot. You did. I, I love The Debate Society, okay. so it's a personal preference. Okay, okay. I like The Debate Society, too. I um, did not like that show. Okay. But we have gotten off track. Yes, so sorry. to Penny Maria. So Carrie James Marshall, and he's still alive to tell his story, but in this in this particular show, the person has passed away and you have people trying to retell his story for him. So I'm very interested to see how that will come across and how the visual artwork will be integrated into that. And you should know that tickets are very affordable. They are 25 to $35. And just a little random thing I found, Dr. Cornell West is on the board of this theater company. So that should just tell you right now, like they're about some serious art, okay? They're just not about shows that look cute. Yes, they did... Taylor Max, Good Person of Szechuan. Mm. Um, I've seen several of their shows. I've read that show. And okay. They've been very good. But just to clarify, is it a play, a 
about Carrie James Marshall or no? No. Okay. No. It just, just made me think about Carrie James Marshall okay. because the title of his exhibit was yeah. Mastery yeah, yeah, yeah. and this show is called Master about a black visual artist. Yes, got, America, it, got, it, got, so. it, got it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Well, but I assume if you see Master, you'll like mm-hmm. learn a lot. Mm-hmm. Unless you already know, you'll learn a lot about like mm-hmm. black artists of mm-hmm. the 20th century. Yeah. You know, and yeah. now. Yeah. So, so that's what that's it, cool. yeah, that's what it seems like. Um, and, you know, it's going to get a little deep, I imagine, with this whole Uncle Jimmy and the Mark Twain and all of that. So be prepared. It might be a bit of a ride. We're hoping it's a good one. Sounds great. Mm. So I want to talk about uh, Somebody's Daughter, which mm-hmm. Second Stage is doing at their uptown space, uh, the McGinn Kazali Theater. Um, they uh, It's playing right now, and it's ending June 18th, though I believe... Oh, no, I think they just extended to June yeah, 18th, but I, it's... No, I think they just extended past, past June, June 18th. 18th. Oh, perfect. The, I was just on their website, and that's what it said, but they might not have put it on their website yet, because sometimes their website's not updated. Yes. Um, so, and tickets are $32, because it's their small uptown space. Um, so it's by Chisa Hutchinson, um, who is really a wonderful playwright. She's a former neo-futurist. Um, her last mm-hmm. major production was um, Dead, and Breath- Dead and Breathing at the National Black Theater. Which I did see. It's a, it was a good production, mm-hmm. um, which was about a wealthy black woman who was trying to get her nurse to help her commit suicide. Mm-hmm. And Chisa's plays are all, like, she finds, like, something that's really, like, kind of hot button or that's, like, hard to talk about and just dives in, really dives in. And so this play is about three Chinese-American women. There is uh, a schoolgirl, a a high school junior, who is sort of an incredible overachiever because of family pressure or because of lack of family pressure. It's about her mother who's sort of stressed to the breaking point with uh, her traditional role versus sort of her freedom Mm -hmm. uh, from that role because her husband doesn't care. And it's about her school counselor, her college counselor, who is sort of dealing with her own hangups about dating a black man. So it's about these three sort of separate but interwoven stories. It is, I saw it. I would really recommend it. I think Cheese's plays are very lightly theatrical, very well paced, and generally about things that are worth thinking about and talking about. Um, it's directed by Maya Dralis, who you will know from Viet Gone, as mm-hmm. well as many other things, who also has that, like, lightly theatrical but generally sort of economical directing style. So, like, the, and I would say that this play is very economical. This play just, like, goes through, like, what is happening to these characters. And it's, like, really worth your time to see. I think it's always worth your time to see, like, everything in the Megan Kazali Theater because they generally do, like, sort of mid-career writers mm-hmm. who you should see doing plays that have a lot of meaning. So that's that's wonderful. I will also say this. Um, I have an odd connection to this production because Chisa Hutchinson was my ninth grade English teacher mm-hmm. and Maya Drales was my first boss when I was an intern at The Lark. Wow. And I love them both and I love their work. And so like that's why I followed their work because like I know them, but also like they're people whose work is, is worth following. Because like not only are they like incredible women of color and like we don't have enough of those that like people are telling you to follow, mm-hmm. but like they both have very specific tracks that are like in the interesting side of the American theater, like going forward. I think we're gonna remember them. Perfect. Next generation. Very well said, Ben. Thanks. High five. <laughs> Figuratively. <laughs> wow. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> 
Yeah, the second stage Uptown shows are some of my favorite productions every summer. I just can't recommend going up there enough. They usually produce a series of two. They're usually both great. And I have seen some fantastic work up there. Very much along the line of the club thumb. Like what you see at Second Stage Uptown, you will see at Second Stage Downtown or Playwrights Horizons in the near future. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm going to shoehorn two shows in. I'm kind of cheating, but I want to mention both of them because they're both shows that we're going to cover on our mid-June episode. And they're kind of a little, let's say, weird. So the first (laughs) one is called Say Something Bunny! Exclamation point! It is by an artist named Allison S.M. Kobayashi. She is an artist who makes work using found objects. And the found object at the center of this production is a wire recorder, which is like a tape recorder, except the material used to be recorded on is wire, not tape. Mm. And she found this old wire recorder that had two wire spools in it that had recordings on them. And the recordings are from the late 40s, early 50s. And she spent six years listening and transcribing the recordings and researching the people in these recordings. And she spins this amazing story. It's very much like a live This American Life episode or serial episode where she is unfolding this mystery before you, but is also weaving into it this story of the investigation. Hmm. And it's told in a small gallery space. You sit around a table specially made for the performance. Wow. And you have a script in front of you, which is its own work of art. Um, it has pictures in it and storytelling elements in the script. And she plays the recording and then tells the additional context, dissects the script for you. Um, makes inferences about what's actually happening. Basically, the audio you're hearing almost sounds like it's the recording of a party or a dinner party. Mm. I highly recommend, if this sounds interesting to you, she ran a Kickstarter to do fundraising for the production. They raised almost $10,000, and there's a fantastic video that goes along with it. And it's on the Kickstarter page that I learned about this like specially made table and all these other elements. So I think that sounds like one of those experiences that you get by virtue of the fact that we live in New York City, where there are amazing mm-hmm. artists making unusual work that doesn't necessarily get to be seen outside of the city so i think that's very cool the tickets are 30 dollars, and it runs about two to two and a half hours it's at the undo project space in chelsea and then the other you have just sold a ticket to this i mean i mean you have i'm like into it oh cool I really want to go see a play about the making of itself that also yes. is about ancient technology. And with uh, beautiful paperwork and artwork with the table, like all of it, I'm into it. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> and the history so element, like, come on. Yeah. So the other show I want to talk about is called Streep Show. It's by Jay Stoll, and uh, written by Jay Stoll and directed by Andrew Naysner. So Jay, I first encountered as a director, actually, he did a couple of shows for the Amoralists, who are one of my favorite independent theater companies. This show is about 14 characters that Meryl Streep played in movies. And it's, the setup is very 
real world. Um, and so the description is even, this is the true story of 14 characters, once played by Meryl Streep, picked to live in a house and how their lives filmed <laughs> to find out what happens when oh people God. stop being, oh, I don't know, direct and get <laughs> start getting well breathy. So I, I adore Jay. I think he's a fantastic artist. This show sounds totally bonkers. I'm friends with Jay on Facebook, and I've watched how this has sort of matured. I know he's done some workshop versions of it, and now they've done some fundraising for it. It sounds totally nuts and hilarious, and how can you go wrong? It actually is two parts. There are like four quote-unquote episodes, much like the real world. And so, (laughs) I don't know. I just think it sounds so funny, and why not? In the world of literally everything is connected, I met Jay when he was an intern with me at The Lark when I worked for Mayadrellas. Oh, oh my gosh. Literally everything in this community is connected, and I love it. And I know both of you who know him, so I'm connected. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so we're all friends, basically. Our bacon number is all zero. <laughs> we're all Kevin Bacon. Yeah, so I think that show sounds really funny, and, and I'm very excited to go see it with Jose because it sounds like exactly his type of show, and he will be on in mid-May to chat about it. Mm. I really hope someone yells Dengo ate my baby oh no <laughs> I don't know if that will happen in the in the we're, I don't think we're going to see all four episodes we're going to see two yeah alright Penny Maria bring us home alright I'm excited to also see something else that someone may have seen already but I'm waiting <laughs> to see I know Cost of Living at Manhattan Theater Club so um you know, they have some good work sometimes. So I like to keep my eye out on them. Sometimes. That's why I said sometimes. <laughs> I've also been like, what, what's happening? <laughs> what is happening? As a former employee, <laughs> I am unable to talk about this. <laughs> they seem to be trying harder lately. Let's say that. Well, there's there's small stage shows. Exactly. They yeah. always have a high standard. And I yeah. think that a couple of things every season are like truly excellent. Yeah. Um, so this is, yeah, in um, the smaller space on 55th Street. And this is the same, same place I saw uh, Ruined, like all those years ago. And then Sarah Jones, uh, she did her last show there. I mean, both of those shows are great. So sometimes they do have great stuff, as we said. And this show um, was written by Martina Majuk. Am I saying that properly? Mayok. Mayok. Thank you, darling. And directed by Joe Bonnie with Jolly Abraham, Greg Mazgala, Katie Sullivan, and Victor Williams, who you might know from TV if you watched King of Queens. Um, he was Doug's friend. Um, so this show is directed by Obie Award winning winner Joe Bonnie. This achingly human and su- Human and surprisingly funny play from exciting new voice Martina Mayok is about the forces that bring people together, the realities of facing the world with physical disabilities, and how deeply we all need each other. Truck driver Eddie is struggling to rebuild a relationship with his estranged wife, Ani, and Jess is trying to navigate the day-to-day with John, her new boss in a job that she desperately needs. People are hard, and so is life, and that's what this show is about. Um, I'm very proud of the fact that they actually chose to cast Ani as, well, with an actor who is a person living with disabilities. So many times, like, we go through all of these uh, tricks and devices to make someone who is able-bodied look like they're not so that they can fit into a role when you have a person um, already able to play that without any of those devices. And Greg also has cerebral palsy. He does in real life. Yes. Okay, but it's not as... 
Um, he exaggerates it okay, for the show. Okay, for the yes. show. I got it. Okay. Because I was watching that um, piece as well. Um, but uh, the playwright said she was specifically um, interested in highlighting stories that um, were more uh, closer to reality and her reality. So we see that a little bit with uh, the per- with Jolly Abraham's character, who's someone who's in desperate need and you know she needs to take this job and it's just really about people depending on people not only for financial purposes um because as humans that's what we need so i'm very um excited to see how that all plays out and this show it is the price let me see okay third okay so tickets are 90 dollars, but don't fret if you're under 30 they do have 30 under 30 and it's playing through july 16th did you have something you want to say about this ben um i like the play a lot and i've seen it through its development i was at williamstown when there was a workshop of it Mm -hmm. i was at williamstown when they did a production of it Uh, martina mayoke is one of those playwrights who like she's literally gotten every major Mm -hmm. opportunity because Mm -hmm. her plays are really cool Mm -hmm. and good and her scenes are so cutting yeah like in this play there's a scene where a like personal assistant to a severely disabled man uh, is like giving him a sponge bath and they're flirting because mm-hmm. they're both really hot. Yeah. And it's a great scene. Like, mm. there are a lot of like very, very good moments in this play. Mm. I haven't seen her work before, but it sounds like it's really great just from um, the information I was able to find online. And th- did you have anything you wanted to say about that? Greg, you might remember from Teenage Dick at the Public Theater that we talked about on the podcast and liked a lot. He's such a fantastic actor. Mm-hmm. I'm very excited to see him in another play. And we will also be talking about this in mid-June. Perfect, perfect. Oh. <laughs> um, and so also I just wanted to mention Kill Move Paradise, which is at National Black Theater, um, which we just mentioned not too long ago. Um, so this show um, is written by James James and directed by Shaheen. Ali, and it really gets to the heart of the matter uh, what happens with all of this all lives matter versus black lives matter and once these people die like what is life like after that what is, is there a paradise that they go to so this has a cast of four black men uh, Siddiqui Fofa, Clinton Lowe Donnell E. Smith and Ryan Jamal Swain and that's running through June 25th and the twic- and the tickets are 23 23- through $50. Um, so I'm interested in checking that out as well. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for being here for the preview. Yay. Now Yay. go out and see some theater. Please do. It's good. Summer's great. Don't be outside. It's summer. Yes. <laughs> Way too hot. Cool theater. Thank you so much for joining us for today's episode of the Max Moo Theater and Performance Podcast. If you have questions, comments, or opinions that differ from our own, we'd love to hear from you. You can find us all on Twitter. Maximu is at Maximu. Penny Maria is at Penny Maria. Ben is at Ben Ferber. And I am at Lindsay Behrens. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a rating and review on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. And we have merch. You can buy coffee mugs, tote bags, and stickers with your favorite Maximu isms on them. You can get to the store via Maximu.com. All proceeds go to helping the podcast improve our sound quality. We'll be back June 21st to chat about what we've seen beyond Broadway. See you then. Theatrical Media 